This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face, and we give some teaching tips along the way. This fall, we are studying the Gospel of Mark. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Livingston. Mike was just here a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mike serves as an editor on our Explore the Bible team. He also leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible and really just brings loads of knowledge to our discussion today. So, Mike, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Amber. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Today we are looking at session five, uh, which is Mark chapter seven, verses 24 through 37. So as always, um, we'll just begin with a quick overview of what is happening in these verses, just to kind of help um, get us all on the same page. And then we will go into some questions that we think um, will just help uh, help you as a leader be better prepared and equipped to lead your Bible study discussion. Uh, in Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30, Jesus entered a house in the Gentile region of Tyre and as part of a futile effort to go unnoticed by the crowds that hounded him. A Gentile woman approached Jesus and asked him to heal her daughter. And when Jesus pointed out that Jews should take priority over Gentiles, the woman agreed. However, she added that the priority did not exclude Gentiles completely. Jesus affirmed her reply and declared that the demon had left her daughter. The woman returned home to find that the demon was gone, just as Jesus had said. In verses 31 through 35, Jesus then headed to the Decapolis region where a deaf and mute person was brought to him. Jesus took the man out of the sight of the crowd and healed him by placing his fingers in the man's ears and touching the man's tongue with spit on his fingers. And then finally, in verses 36 and 37, Jesus ordered everyone aware of the healing to remain silent. Again, he did that uh, in a few chapters earlier as well. But that only made the people share about it more. They were astonished by the works done by Jesus, especially his ability to make the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. And then our overall summary statement for the whole session is Jesus extends mercy to all people. So there's a lot happening in these verses. Um, and so let's let's start with some questions to help us just kind of get a deeper understanding um, of the context here. Okay, so Mike, this encounter with the Syrophoenician woman follows immediately after Jesus' encounter with the religious leaders. Is there anything important in that? What's the connection there? Yeah, it's always it's always good to look at how things are connected in scripture. So it's always a good thing when you when you ask how is this passage related to what just came before it how is it related to what comes after it those are always the right questions to ask and there's a couple of significant points uh, that i would make about this this encounter with the pharisees and the scribes in the first half of the chapter and how it relates to to what we're looking at in this particular lesson First of all, Mark is, uh, let's keep in mind that Mark is writing to a Gentile audience. That's who Mark's writing this gospel to. He's directing his gospel probably to Christians living in Rome, but they're Gentiles. Okay, so that's something we want to keep in mind. And the Gentile woman we're going to look at here in a minute, uh, the Syrophoenician uh, woman, <clears throat> she could not be more opposite 
in every possible way than those Jewish Pharisees and scribes that we see in the first half of the chapter. You, you couldn't be more opposite. Um, so we're going to come back to that in a minute, but those are important things just, just to note. Now, this encounter that Jesus had with the Pharisees, described in the first 23 verses of Mark 7. All right, so let's take a look at that. Just, you know, just quickly here, uh, these Pharisees and scribes, they arrive in Galilee from Jerusalem. They see Jesus' disciples. They're not ceremonially washing their hands before eating bread. And they blame Jesus for that. And so they ask him, like in verse, verse 5, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating bread with ceremonially unclean hands? And so the issue for them, it, it wasn't an issue of bad hygiene. That, that's not what it was at all. The issue is that is one of following their traditions. So it's sinful. Now, on the on the part of the disciples, it's sinful for them because they're not following the tradition of the elders. That's the problem for the in the minds of the Pharisees. It's the tradition of the elders they're concerned about. And the tradition of the elders is you know teachings that had been handed down over the years that were supposed to help people understand and apply the commands of God, but actually had the opposite effect because they're applying God's word in ways never intended by God. So the big issue in the first 23 verses is that Jesus and the Pharisees define sin very differently. Mm -hmm. Eating without ritually washing their hands before they ate, that was there, the Pharisees' idea of sin. So <clears throat> after this encounter with them, Jesus teaches about the source of sin. He, he talks about how sin is not something that goes into a person that corrupts the person. It's sin comes from the inside. And he explains to his disciples, you're not defiled by what you eat. Food is not the problem. Unwashed hands, that's not the problem. The heart is the problem. The heart's the problem. And Mark adds a significant note in verse 19 about the implication of this when he says, thus Jesus declared all foods clean. That's the implication that Mark uh, makes in this enc encounter. Okay, and then Mark report reports how, and this is what we're looking at in this week's lesson: how Jesus got up from there and he went to this region of Tyre. Now, whether he whether Jesus went there immediately after this event uh, is not so important, but Mark's placing this event immediately after the encounter with the Pharisees that is significant. Because the place where Jesus goes, this region is it's outside the borders of Israel. This is a Gentile region. And his encounter there is with a Gentile woman. Matthew, in his account uh, of this same event, calls her a Canaanite woman. Like I said earlier, you, you can't be more Jewish than uh, non-Jewish than her. You can't be more non-Jewish. And everything about her was completely opposite of these religious leaders in Jerusalem. And she was the kind of woman that they would have avoided because contact with her would make them ceremonially, un ceremonially unclean. But she is the model of faith in this chapter. She's the model of faith. The way she approached Jesus, she prostrated herself, prostrated herself and fell at his feet. Her, you see her humility, the way she addressed him with reverence, calling him Lord. Her lack of pretentiousness. She's not trying to be something she's not. She recognizes that she needed grace. 
So if, if the implication of Jesus's encounter with the Pharisees in the first half of the chapter is that all foods are clean, then the implication of this encounter with the Gentile woman is that all people are clean. Hmm. And that's the lesson that Peter learned in Acts chapter 10. If you remember what that that chapter is about, the vi- that he had this vi- Peter had the vision of the sheep being lowered with the unclean animals on it and the voice saying, eat. And Peter says, no, I can't eat that. That's unclean. So <clears throat> this is about a lesson that Peter didn't even understand. Peter himself didn't even understand it until Acts chapter 10. By the way, most scholars believe Peter was the primary source of Mark's gospel account, which is significant there. So, so remember who, who Mark's writing to here. He's writing to Gentile believers. And he wants his Gentile readers to know that the good news is for them too. Like that Gentile believers, that they, they are part, just as much a part of the true people of God as, as anybody else. And that, and that those who are like the Gentile woman who come to Jesus with genuine faith are nearer to God than those who are like the Jewish leaders who trusted in their rituals and their traditions. This was, this was a very encouraging word for those who were originally reading Mark's gospel. Gosh, that is such a helpful connection. I, I had not quite put that together as far as just if we begin with the religious leaders and then here we are, a whole different scene. I guess in my, in my study, I have just kept those separate, but that is a really helpful way to look at what is really happening here. And it, mm-hmm. it only highlights the message. I think that only mm-hmm. highlights the message. Yeah, I think so. That's helpful. So I, I do think maybe the most confusing or hard to really understand the meaning uh, of the verse here is verse 27. So I'd like to kind of ask you to, to unpack that. What is the meaning behind Jesus's reply uh, when he says, let the children be fed first because it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Very, very simply, who are the children? Who are the dogs? What's the bread? Yeah. Those are three questions we need to, to answer. So the children represent the Jews. Mm-hmm. The bread re- represents the gospel message or the message of salvation. The dogs represent the Gentiles. Th- yeah. That's that's the simple answer. That, that's the quick and, and simple answer right there. And so the meaning of that is that the gospel must first be preached to the Jews. It must first go to the Jews. So it, that's that's the short answer. That's that's the simple answer. And I, and I you know we 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 read those words of Jesus and it almost sounds harsh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost sounds like he's being harsh with this woman. And out of character. And yeah, it seems out of character, doesn't it? But but there's actually there's a tenderness. There's a tenderness in his words. Because he doesn't use the usual term for dogs. <clears throat> now, the usual term for dogs would, would have been used by Jews as an insult to Gentiles. Like, so it wasn't unusual at all for a, a Jew to call a Gentile a dog, using just the, the normal, usual word for dog. But Jesus doesn't use that word. He uses a different word. Actually, it's it's it just a different form of that word. He uses a different form of that word. In the form that he uses, it, it means little dogs. You, you could say puppies. I mean, it's, it's almost like he's saying puppies here. Mm-hmm. So he's not talking about wild dogs. He's not talking about scavengers. Uh, he's he's talking about the little house dog that had a place in the household. The little dog that sat under the table 
at mealtime, waiting for the scraps to fall or waiting for crumbs to fall. That's that's the dog he's he's talking about here, not not the dogs and out, you know, the scavenger dogs out in the street, the mongrels. Okay, so what Jesus is saying here is that his mission was first to the Jews, but there's a place for the Gentiles and their turn would come later and their turn comes in the book of Acts. Right. Their their time comes. But Jesus was saying that first you must go to the Jew. So it's, it's kind of like what Paul said in Romans when he said that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew then to the Gentile. So that's what it's saying here. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And I love the way that the woman responded here. When she said to him, well, even the dogs under the table eat mm-hmm. the children's crumbs. And what she's saying in that is that she's agreeing with what Jesus is telling her about the message of salvation must first go to the Jews. She's not disagreeing. She's agreeing with that. But she's saying that there's more than enough food for the dogs as well. So, And she points out that the dogs eat the children's crumbs during the meal. Like they, they'll... They're under the table and they're eating the crumbs that fall or, you know, I mean, I know from my, you know, household growing up that kids are going to slip a little bit of food under the table to give the dogs during mealtime. And and so she is saying the dogs don't have to wait until the children finish eating. They could be eating at the same time the children do. And so that's that's that was her response to this. But that's that's the simple answer that the, the gospel message was to go to the Jew first and then then to the Gentiles. That is, that is a simple, simple, clear way to explain that. So that's helpful. Thank you. Uh, and I just want to reiterate the verse that Mike just shared is that might be helpful as in your discussion as you unpack these verses, Romans 1, 16, because um, that is a, or possibly could be a familiar verse to some of your group members. And so they would go, oh yeah, I remember that part. So that's a good, that's a good way to uh, understand that. Um so again, we see, uh, we've seen already several times in the Gospels, Jesus's one-on-one encounters with people, um, and they always, always show his character and his nature and what he is really like. So what do we learn about Jesus from this um, experience with this woman? Yeah, and that's, again, that's a really good question. And, and the reason why that's always a good question to ask is that every story in the Bible is ultimately about God. We are never the main focus. Every story in Scripture is a story that ultimately points to His character and His plan to save sinners. So that's always a question, one question to ask is, okay, what does this tell us about Him? So what Jesus did, what we learn here about Jesus in Mark 7, is that He... For one thing, he turned upside down everything that the Pharisees believed about righteousness, like we like we were talking about. He just turns all of that upside down, throws all that out. And what we learn about him here is that his offer of grace, his offer of salvation, extends to all people apart from our works of righteousness. Even though, yes, he came to the Jew first, he came for all. He came regardless of your nationality, culture, color, ethnicity, gender, 
whatever other term you want to use. He came regardless of, of those distinctions, and he receives all, all who come to him humbly, recognizing their need of grace, who put their trust and their faith in him alone. And that, that's what we see about Jesus in this passage. It, it's a good passage. Gosh, it's so good. Uh, one thing I want to point out uh, for group leaders to keep in mind, it's, a, it's available for you as you teach this lesson. Uh, it's the leader pack, pack item number 10. Uh, if you have a leader pack, either a print one or a digital one, pack item 10 is a handout titled Miracles of Jesus's Authority. And this particular one is a chart uh, of just 10 miracles. There are certainly many more, uh, but 10 miracles in Mark that display Jesus's authority over natural and supernatural forces. So it's an interesting uh, snapshot of what of what Jesus does through it, that are recorded in the Gospel of Mark. But also you can see through by looking at at all the different miracles they were pointing to his identity. And that's that's really what is happening through through all of this Gospel of Mark. It's, it's pointing to who he really is. He is the Son of God. He is uh, authoritative and over all things. And it's just a neat visual. So if you have a leader pack, um, this would be a very good week to pull that out um, and share that with your group members. Uh, thank you for listening today. If you have comments or questions, you are welcome to send me an email at amber dot baden at lifeway.com. I'll be glad to get an answer for you. If I don't know it, um, I will find someone who does and make sure that we can get you, get you settled. Uh, Mike, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. We appreciate it. Next week, we will discuss Mark chapter eight. Uh, Bob Bunn will be with us. He is another member of our Explore the Bible team. He is always insightful and we hope you'll join us.